episode of the Best of All Possible Podcast. Once again, from the BoApp Studios that I named in the first episode and have stuck with just out of sheer grit. <laughs> Welcome to you, the listener, uh, to another episode. And here at Panglossian Productions in Williamsburg, Virginia, we have a love for the weird. We love underproduced and underproduced stuff. And above all, I personally love 10-minute plays. And ever so often here, we will do an evening of 10-minute plays, and folks will send us their work to uh, consider for production. And over the years, we've gotten hundreds, literally hundreds of plays. And so now we have decided to give cold reads to these really awesome works and give them to you once a week, every Monday morning at 12.01 a.m. How's that sound? to promote theater in the era, we also have a special guest on every week, and this week our special guest is, before I introduce you, I have to introduce myself, I am your host, Robert Weathers. Thank you very much, Aww. and our special guest this week is Joseph Ziarko. Yeah. Hey guys. Welcome back, Joe. You've been on this. We've been on the show before. Yes. Yeah. What number is this? Uh, I'm not allowed to say because that restricts when we can release it, Joe. Oh. Will someone give him some side eye, please. <laughs> Thank you. I'm getting a lot of middle fingers. I know the podcast is a very visual medium. That's but right. I just want everybody to know that. So, Joe, I'm going to ask you a question that's relevant to the play that we're about to read. You have never seen nor read before, and I wonder. Never read anything in my life. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> that was some fun wording on my part. I'm glad. Joe, have you ever had to have a frank conversation with your sibling? Um, no, but my sibling has had to have many frank conversations with me. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Any details you can share with our broad audience who may or may not be the CIA? <laughs> no, uh, it, there is that breakdown, I think, for subs, some siblings, and, and we're just two. I have a sister five years older than myself, and she was granted with all of the maturity, responsibility, and foresight in life, mm -hmm. <laughs> and I guess I was granted with everything else? I don't know. <laughs> none of that, right? None, none of that. <laughs> these, these cheekbones, that's, that's all I got. Um, but, but she has always been the responsible one, the, the uh, I was about to say guiding light, and that sounds far too... Uh, Ooh. Generous really? in kind. <laughs> Great, thank you, Joe. <laughs> oh, hey, and how you doing over there? Just great. <laughs> so we uh, we really appreciate you coming back onto the show and being our special guest this week. This week we're going to read a play by Shauna Casey called "Readem and Weep." That's "Read M N Weep." So that's not a typo on your. Part. It's not a typo on my part, although I did spell it phonetically. <laughs> now, uh, in order to uh, read this, we're going to have a couple of other players join us here. So immediately to my right is none other than a returning star, Edward Whitaker. Hi, Hi Ed. Ed. Hey. 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 The Edward Whitaker. The That's Edward. right. 
Ed, Ed was here uh, on our first podcast, weren't you? Ed? I was. I saw, yes, I was. A, was a stellar fun. and awesome experience, no doubt. <laughs> I am, I keep thinking about it. I can't I can't stop. It's amazing. <laughs> it's keeping him up at night. <laughs> the Rolling Rock is helping me. It's helping me to deaden the memories just a bit, but no. Stop giving it away. Secrets of the trade, Ed. Yeah. Well, it's okay, so I can I can relive the non-visual format. Don't give away. <laughs> and immediately to Ed's right is James Jim Dwyer. Hey, Jim. Good. Jim's had quite an adventure here uh, the last few minutes. Had to move his car a couple of times, didn't you, Jim? Yeah, it's, uh, I might have to leave in the middle of the show. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, car's never secure here. <laughs> no, that's not true. And not for crime, just cranky neighbors, right? Cranky neighbors. <laughs> well, Ed and Jim, thanks for being on the show. As I said, today we are going to be reading a play by Shauna Casey, Read M.N. Weep. <laughs> So this is a cold read if you're new to the show, listening at home or in your car. And so I'm going to assign the roles now. Firstly, Joe, if you would be so kind as to read the part of Jackie. Sure. Ed. Are you going to read the description? Uh, no, don't read the description, okay, please. Okay. And uh, Ed, if you would be so kind as to read the part of Mike. Alrighty. And Jim, you're going to be the voice off stage. And I will read this description. You are the bartender or manager of the place that we are. There is an author's note that is important to the script, so I'll read that now. Daddy-o is the word Irish children use for grandfather, and it's pronounced dado. Sorry, I misread it just a moment ago. This is a cold read, an honest cold read. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pronounced dado when you come across it in the script. Dado. All right. I'll read the script stage, uh, stage directions. So ladies and gentlemen, read M in Weep. The time is 1 p.m. on St. Patty's Day, present day. The place is a bar at a piece of pizza joint. At Rise, brothers Jackie and Mike sit at the table playing cards. They've near finished the pints in front of them. Mike wears a nice shirt and slacks with his hair combed. Jackie wears flip-flops and shorts. Jackie lays his cards down in a languid, idiosync idiosyncratic way that irritates Mike. Maybe like planes coming in for a landing, or maybe his hand explodes away from each card in slow motion <laughs> after he's laid it down. What is it? Nothing. It's not nothing. It's nothing. This place isn't good enough for you. You're, you're too good for pizza now. It's St. Patrick's Day. Only losers go to bar on... Uh, only losers go to Irish bars on St. Patty's Day, Mike. Losers and people who want to prove how Irish they are. I got nothing to prove. Okay. And I'm not a loser. Okay. You say that like you're trying to appease me. I'm saying like I'm trying to play cards. Right. Stupid card game. This is the stupidest card game. It takes forever. I picked it because you know how to play it. Who doesn't know how to play war? <laughs> you didn't know how to play hearts? You don't know how to play gin? At least I don't know how to make someone feel like an idiot. That's debatable. <laughs> Could have taught me if you know so much. I tried to teach you how to play hearts, and you just kept getting up to drink water. It made me thirsty. They continue playing. You wouldn't be luxuriating in a game of cards at an Irish pub today, I can tell you that much. There wouldn't be room for a round of cards at a pub today. It's early enough. I think there'd be room. Why do you always have to be right? Look, Jackie, you said, let's meet at Pizza Pete's, and I met you here. You wanted to play cards, and we're playing cards. You wanted to order Hawaiian, and we ordered Hawaiian. I thought you liked Hawaiian. 
I like pepperoni. Oh, that's classic. Pepperoni is the biggest cliche. Right. Pineapple on pizza is for people in the know. They're in California, brah. They play cards. Did you get my email today? The Furies, brother. Leaving Nancy? I did. Thanks. Did you click the link? I have the LP. But on YouTube, you can see them performing it live. I said thanks. You have to own the LP. You have to be more Irish than me. What are you talking about, Jackie? We're brothers. Don't try and get off the subject. You gotta be the most everything, and you're not. You're not the most Irish. Okay, I'm not the most Irish. You sure act like it. You sure think you the most Irish. Is there a way for you to just, like, be a normal, reasonable person? You got to see Daddo and Slingo, uh, Sligo and visit Yates' grave. You think that makes you more Irish than me? Christ, this again. I was six. I couldn't help it if I got air sick when I was six. If he had to live till I was seven or, uh, or seven and a half, Ma would have put me on the plane to go visit him in a heartbeat. It was probably one of her greatest wishes that he see me before he died. Don't talk about Ma. It was probably one of her greatest wishes. It didn't happen. I said, don't talk about Ma, Jackie. I'll talk about Ma if I want to. And I'm not talking about Ma. Hey, man, take it outside. The brothers keep their eyes on each other. They sit back down and pick up their cards. Just please. Just don't talk about Ma. Do you own all the subjects we talk about, too? Jackie. They continue playing. You watch that late... Night show with that guy? I've been busy. I mean the later late night guy. There's so many late night guys now, right? There's a lot of late night guys. But this guy, he's, he's right up there. I mean, he said this joke with the Pope in it. And you know what he's saying? Is the Pope Catholic? I know that saying, yeah. Okay, good. So he says, is the Pope Catholic? No, 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 wait, wait a minute. That's, that's not how it goes. That's usually the punchline. I know. And it came out too soon. How did he put it? It's a, it's a clean joke, but it's a funny joke. And the Pope's in it. It's like... I, I forget it. I, I can't say the way he said it, but he had to be there. He's funny, though. He's real funny. Mike throws his cards down. I can't do this anymore. Whoa. I, I gotta ask you a favor, Jackie. Whoa, you just threw your cards down. I know what I just did. I was trying to be lighthearted, you know, lighten things up. I gotta ask you a favor. You've got a funny way of asking. Go ahead, shoot. Don't tempt me. It doesn't sound so strategic, Mike. Do you want something or not? I need to ask you for a loan. Money? Wait, wait a minute, what? You mean you need me to loan you money? I do. What's going on, Mike? I, I thought you were flush. What about the movie? They passed on it. Passed on Readem in week? Double, triple passed. They double, triple passed. Holy fuck. That's what I said about 6,000 times. Everybody was hot for that project. Well, now they're not. And Marie's on bed rest till she has the twins, so... How's she doing? She's on bed rest. Tell her I said, you know. What about your share of Ma's money? I asked you not to talk about Ma. Great, sure. I, I'm obviously... Um, 
Obviously. How much do you need? A thousand should carry us through the month. A thousand dollars? Please, Jackie, hold it down. You need a thousand dollars. I need a thousand dollars. Will a thousand be enough? Can you give me more? You need more than a thousand dollars? Why did you ask me for a thousand if you would, if, why did you ask me if a thousand would be enough? Okay, okay. I need some water. Ugh. Mike slides his, slides his glass of water over to Jackie. Have mine. Jackie downs the water and pulls his wallet out of his front pocket. He protectively goes into it like he's hiding homework he doesn't want anyone to copy and counts out 20 $100 bills. He hands it to Mike. Mike is astonished. Here, here's, here's two. This is $2,000? Do you want to count it? What are you doing with $2,000 in your wallet? I'd say it's a lucky thing for you, isn't it? Thanks, Jackie. I really appreciate this. Sure. No, it wasn't easy for you to ask. Mike's emotional. He tucks the money into his pocket and gives Jackie a genuine hug. Then they recover. You want to grab us another couple brews and we'll keep playing? Sounds good. You're winning anyways. Luck of the Irish. Jackie rises. That's good, Mikey. Be right back. Lucky the Irish. That's a good one. Jackie exits for another round. Mike finishes the last of his beer in front of him and looks at his cards. End of play. I think this might be the first play that we have had that wasn't intended to be just a rolling through, through comedy. Yeah, know? right, right. Uh, so thanks for venturing on this with me, even though you had no idea what was <laughs> coming your way. Where's going to go? Right. Exactly. Uh, so uh, now we're going to enter into the portion of the show where we have a light-hearted conversation, theatrically minded, about the production that we just read. So I'm going to start with Joe. Uh, Joe. Let me ask you, uh, so there was a lot of tension moving back and forth in this play. Where do you think, between these two brothers, that tension is really rooted? There's a lot of family business that gets brought up, you know, don't talk about Ma. They're obviously uh, competitive, or at least Jackie sees himself as being competitive with Mike. Where do you think that tension is really lying? I mean, it, it, I, I'm glad you, you brought up the bit about uh, siblings earlier, because I, I think that there is that natural divide a lot of time between siblings, especially if they're just two siblings. They, you need to pick one or the other. You're, you're on this side, you're on that side. Um, and I think it's evident both with the description of these men, but even within the, the um, play itself, Shauna, I think, does a really good job of painting just a big enough world that, you know, this, this debate about going to an Irish pub on St. Patty's Day has happened before. So, um, you know, it, it's sibling tensions, sibling rivalry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I'm a middle child myself. And so as, as a third, right, you get people in the room are making little crying faces at me. <laughs> I'm serious, though. Like, as a middle child, you know, it's cliche, but it really is true that you feel like you're the one who's left out. There's the, there's the first one, and then there's the baby, and, the, and then there's you, who just are out on your own. Yeah. So, Ed, uh, do you agree with what Joe, Joe said there? Or? Well, I, I, mean, I like about what he said about the fact of bringing up the siblings. I mean, yes, the playwright does paint a really nice picture of, for me, it's like, the, if, if I were in the audience, we're, we're looking at a, a kind of a family reunion here, right? A little bit mm -hmm. of one. And what's interesting about this play is that you don't really know what the tension is about. There's tension there, and there's several reasons what it could be about. Just like if you're in a family reunion or something like that, especially on a holiday, you know, there's stuff going on. So she illustrates that, and there's several reasons that there could be, and they 
they all come out, but we're still left with this. I think by the end, we're still left in a conflict. There's something been resolved, but there's a lot that's been left unresolved. We don't know what about Ma, really. We don't know, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I'm like, when do you think the last time these guys got together? Yeah, right. That's, that's another, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a, an idea about that? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think we can safely say not. A while. Not a while. Not, right. not recently. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you think about that, Jim? Has it been a while since these guys have seen each other? I imagine they get together on a regular basis and have the same kinds of arguments. And <laughs> yeah. They are brothers, aren't they? <laughs> figure out what card game they're going to play. Right. <laughs> so, um, what something that's brought up and made a big deal out of in this piece is these two brothers' Irishness. And uh, they, they bring it up in the form of Dado, they bring it up in the form of Ma, they bring it up in the fact that they're not in an Irish bar, and then it's brought up in the form of competition. And so, uh, Jim, as the outside viewer here, uh, the bar manager, uh, what would you say, how, how is the Irishness influencing their relationship here? Uh, and maybe not just here, but in general, your impression. Uh, maybe uh, Mike injects it into the relationship and uh, Jackie resents even having to talk about it. And Mike goes on about his trips and his familiarity with Irish poetry and, mm -hmm. and Jackie maybe cares, maybe not. Hmm. What do you think, Ed? Yeah, I, just, I, I think it's, it's family. It's family. It's the, it's the intimacy and the, and the conflict that comes with intimacy and the, and, the, and the love that comes with intimacy. I mean, that's, that's a very, I don't know, to me, that's a stereotypical Irish thing. Mm -hmm. You know, the closeness, the close-knitness of family. So they're here first. They're at a different place, you know, because of Jackie. To, and so th that maybe made everything a little bit more difficult for Mike from what he, I think, an ulterior motive for him to come and do what he had to do. Sure. He wanted to ask about doing that. And, and so... Uh, I don't know. The Irishness maybe informs what I would think of the rhythm of this particular play, the relationship. But, you know, if we were to do this again, you know, we know about all this kind of stuff. There, there's definitely, you know, different phrasings and paces that we pick up. You know, we really nuance the beats and, and nuance the different repartee that comes back a little bit more quicker. Well, and, and, and something I think that uh, what would benefit a second read is is deciding who, because I think Mike hasn't turned his back necessarily right. on his... His heritage, and I think Jackie has. We see that both in in the description that right. it's a, Jackie's a surf instructor. You know that seems like about the most un-Irish thing <laughs> you can do, right? Uh, yeah. Um, whereas you know Mike, what what was this this uh, movie? What was this pitch he was putting yeah. forward? Was it you know uh, waking Ned Divine all over again? Yeah. Um, uh, is there a resentment there? So do you hear it more in Mike, and you really don't hear it in Jackie, and, mm -hmm. and you know. Why? I wonder if y'all would agree with me that the general impression the uh, viewer or, or, re, or uh, listener to this play would get is that up until a certain point when the money becomes involved, you would think that Jackie might very well be sort of the, the deadbeat or black sheep of the family right. and that Mike is the successful one. But when it comes down to cold, hard cash, it's obvious that Jackie is the one who is flush, mm -hmm. as, right. uh, as he himself said in the beginning. And so, uh, with those two individuals knowing their particular situations in the end, how did that drive the end of the play for you? Because you didn't know yeah. that you didn't you yourselves didn't realize that they uh, were in opposite situations as right. was being presented to us. So, what what did that change for you, Joe? Um, I, I think for Jackie, the big thing is what you would see initially, especially you know, kind of the surfer dude. 
chilling out, whatever, um, as as being you know flippant, being dismissive of his world, being irresponsible. But then you learn by the end that attitude is actually born out of a place of comfort, uh, which mm-hmm. is really kind of an interesting thing from the outside with a, a perceived. Uh, a, foregone conclusion when you see someone like that and I am totally picturing him with like bleached out you know <laughs> dreads or something yeah, I, we're all nodding yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think we agree <laughs> like True. you just see this guy on stage and and you know that he's kind of a deadbeat and then to see at the end uh, you know he, he's successful at what he does mm-hmm. is maybe that's where that it's not so much as a flippant attitude but a confident one right well you know I think in the character of Mike I mean the way it's Begun the, the the interaction that Mike has with Jackie at the beginning, kind of like tired of the when we hear about the cards, he's he's looking at the cards, kind of irritated at that. He's ir- kind of irritated comments. He is. We yeah. might be thinking that Mike initially on the surface is irritated with with Jackie's just his presentation, maybe who he is. But really, there's a an underlying thing there. He's he's not happy about what he's got to ask. And when we find that out, I think that's the that's a surprise. I really like mm-hmm. the I'm, this. I'm appreciating the title now. Read him and weep. I mean, because the audience is really reading these two guys and weeping for what's going on. You know, it's not just about the cards, obviously. Or right. Kind of, but, you know, you have to read these people and then kind of like, oh, this is not what we thought it was, you know, mm-hmm. which is really kind of cool. I just, I like that little twist. Took that nice 10-minute play signature hard turn yep. left at the end. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, it creates a mystery about both characters and leaves you thinking about the play after it's over. Sure. So I, I think you're right about that, Jim. Uh, Jim, what about... Mom, I wonder if maybe the reason that Mike doesn't want to talk about mom is or ma is because uh, is is because of the impressions that we're talking about here, and that uh, we perceive Jackie initially to be uh, to be the black sheep and Mike to be successful, but maybe Ma knows the truth and mm-hmm. he doesn't want to talk about Ma because of that. Any thoughts about that? Well, I doubt that uh, Jackie's success is legal. <laughs> but, uh, I tried not to take that personally. <laughs> I guess Mike is a disappointment to mom. Mm-hmm. To be sure, bit of a deadbeat and to, to borrow money from from brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I wonder if there's some of that like older sibling, younger sibling favorite competition already going on. You know, that Mike feels a jealousy, whether it's earned or not. Sure. Maybe Mike just feels like the middle child. Maybe oh. that's what it is. <laughs> Brings it back to himself <laughs> again. Oh, Good job, Robert. Yeah, that how you relate to it, Robert? I mean, are you relating to that? Hey, that it's all mean? about me, yeah. <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Well, I want to thank you for joining us here uh, on yet another episode of Best of All Possible Podcast. Uh, I want to pay special thanks to Joseph, Joseph Ziarko for joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Joe. Where can we people see your work? Where you got something coming up? Uh, coming up um, here uh, somewhat soon, souvenir at the uh, uh, Williamsburg Library Theater. I will be doing lights um, because if there was a male Florence Foster Jenkins, <laughs> I could do that. I am incredibly tone deaf, but uh, otherwise in the play, the only male uh, actually has to be able to carry a tune. So I will be doing uh, yet another thing wonderful for podcasts, lighting. <laughs> that's, and that's most excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll be sure to post a link in the description, so be sure to check that out. Uh, Souvenir opens in the first two weekends of November, and it's with Penglossian Productions. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you once again, gentlemen, for joining us. We want to say special thanks, of course, to Shauna Casey for letting us use her, or read her work, and of course to Zodiac Productions, Lauren Watkins, our yeah.
Make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you can get a new episode every Monday at 12.01 a.m. And we'll see you next time on the Best of All Possible podcast. Good night, everybody.